Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. I'm excited to welcome back Jolie Lindholm from The Darling Fire to the podcast. The Darling Fire will release their incredible new album, Distortions, next Friday, September 16th on Iodine Records. After my chat with Jolie, I have a review of the new album, so stick around for that. Jolie talks about getting connected with Iodine, The Darling Fire's shift in sound, navigating the changing musical landscape, and more. It was a lot of fun to get to have Jolie back on the podcast. Huge thanks to Casey from Iodine Records for reconnecting me and Jolie, and I hope you guys enjoy getting to hang out with Jolie Lindholm from The Darling Fire. How's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. Background's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, like, you like the Aurora Borealis? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been? Good. 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 Thanks for having me back. It's been a while. Yeah. 20, just like January 2019. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. The oh. before time. <laughs> Before, before the weird shit happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When everything went weird. It's good. It's good. How, how was, I mean, other than awful, how was COVID for you and the experience? And um, It's definitely been weird. Yeah. Um, you know, there have been some good things that have come out of it too, though, because it gave us time to kind of reflect on what we were doing with the band. And so, you know, there's, there have been some good things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did it, did that, what about that time let you to change? Like what in the band um, changed in that moment? Like we definitely had time to uh, develop the music a little Mm -hmm. bit more. And there were a lot of songs that were written and some that were thrown out um, to get to where we are now. Um, So that's definitely something positive that came out of it. Um, And it also gave us time to like take a break from, the general rat race, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. Somewhat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dark Celebration came out summer of 19. So did you feel like you had some time there and to promote it and like get the leg up and, and start, you know, making a name for the band? Or was it just like, oh man, we're just getting going and we have bigger things for 2020 that have all been undercut? Yeah. It was weird because it you know everything started to happen right like not long after the album so we didn't really have time to like tour for the album or really do anything as far as like live shows we haven't hadn't done anything for two and at least two and a half years yeah um, until recently so yeah it was definitely a shame to have to like wait to do anything and just kind of like you know but it did give us time to work on new music and 
reflect on what we had done and ha- what we wanted to change basically yeah. about the band. So. Yeah. Yeah. Were there like personal things in your life that COVID allowed you the time to work through? I know that's like a, a thing a lot of people went through. I mean, I got sober during the pandemic and like, that was like a huge thing where people were just like, well, now, now all I have to do is reflect on myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it takes, it, it basically, you know, sheds a lot of things that aren't important in your life, mm-hmm. I guess, and makes you rethink everything about what you're doing. Um, so it totally did that. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as like what I was doing for work and, and then with the music. And so it, it definitely, you know, made me focus on what was important. And uh, yeah, it was just a very strange thing to like, have your entire life just stop kind of for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys are releasing this new record on iodine records. What led you to iodine? Yeah. So um, basically, you know, Casey found us because of rocking horse on social media. And um, I think he started following us. And after that, um, you know, John and I had, and the band had been working on some music. And so John said to me, you know, my husband, the uh, guitar player for, this band for Darling Fire and the bass player for Rocking Horse. Um, he said, uh, you know, why don't we reach out to him and see what he's doing? And maybe he'd be interested in putting out the album um, because we were going in slightly different direction. So, you know, I reached out to him and he said, I'm not really interested in doing anything new right now, but um, if you want to send it, you know, I'll take, a, you know, I'll listen to it and see what I think. Yeah. Um, so we did that. And, and then as you can see, things changed for him a little bit. Yeah. After that. So he did decide to, you know, that he was interested and wanted to see where it would go. And then, you know, one thing led to another and we just, we decided to put the album out with him. That's awesome. It seems like the perfect fit. I was talking to uh, Nathan Gray earlier today and it's like, yeah. Iodine is in this place that's like, it's it's like classic artist and then like older artists new bands and so like it's such like this cool space for bands and such a cool label and a cool thing that Casey's doing right now. Yeah, totally. It's it's awesome. You know, we really love like just the whole vibe of the label and you know our bandmates are kind of from all different scenes or, mm-hmm. or the same scene but all different genres in a way. Yeah. Um it just comes together and it all works together. Yeah. So um yeah, we're definitely, we're really happy where we are. Yeah. The album is called Distortions. Where'd the name come from? Um, it's kind of a play on words, I guess you could say. Um, that, you know, Geronimo came up with that name, really. Um, so, you know, it's literally distorted guitars, but also like <laughs> a distorted perception, you know, because of everything that's been strange for the past few years. Hmm. So, um it kind of has a double meaning, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Does that reflect the lyrical content? Did your writing change over the pandemic and what you wanted to say and how you wanted to use your voice? It totally did. I, you know, I challenged myself and like with the music in general, we really, you know, pushed it as much as we could. We just Mm -hmm. kept like, you know, seeing where we could go with it. And, um, that's why it ended up in this heavier kind of place. Um, and even vocally, you know, I challenged myself with, you know, lyrically and also melodically and um, just in general, um, kind of like pushed myself as much as I could for this album and really happy with the way it came out. 
Um, it feels more genuine to me mm -hmm. than ever, uh, personally. So yeah, it definitely does, you know, the whole thing did change, um, the songwriting as well. Yeah. Yeah. What led you guys into that kind of heavier space, but it's, it's not just heavy cause it's very atmospheric and like the, the reverb is cranked up on all the guitars. Like it's very spacey as well. Like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, you know, we were listening to a lot of heavy stuff like hum and deftones and things like that. And you can probably hear that a little bit and in mm -hmm. the influences. Um, although it is different than that, you know, I feel like, um, we are different than those bands, but, um, we were kind of listening to those, that kind of music. And then, you know, um, all of us come from different kind of musical backgrounds as far as what we're interested in. And so, you know, we kind of bring that all together to get what you hear. Um, yeah. but yeah, definitely listening to some heavier music and just wanting to see where we could go with guitars and, and, um, you know, we continue writing in that direction basically from here too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 Now that you say it, I can hear the, the hum in it and like thinking about inlet cool. just up uh, that record's been under repeat since it was released. So <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, we wanted like people to have something, you know, to like, um, wanted to like create movement with the music, mm -hmm. you know, more this time. And, um, just you know this is just like what we felt like we wanted to hear ourselves you know yeah so that's cool what led to the decision to work with uh jay moss yeah so jay you know he was in uh defeater and yeah. he's worked with bane <laughs> so um <laughs> we we listened to some of his other work and we felt like we really wanted to get like a certain sound and mm -hmm. then we felt like he could really bring that out with us and he definitely did um so we're really happy with the way that things came out we experimented a little bit there and it was fun to like go there and just you know we stayed in his house and just kind of like worked you know until we were done and um we went there you know the first time we we had written five songs and we went there and recorded those with him and we loved how those came out uh when we went back the second time for the second half of the album uh we had some ideas about just in general what we wanted to get um sonically and he was able to help us bring that out and really get that like you know thick guitar sound that we wanted yeah so and also yeah. the like the kind of atmospheric vocal effects and things like that um we were able to get that with his help you know in You can hear like that distinction is as you guys like change your sound and like what Jay Robbins brought to Dark Celebration versus like the four singles so far, what like that sound is and what Jay has brought to the band and like how much mm -hmm. like grander it is in, in scope as an album sonically. 
Cool. Yeah. Totally different. Like, I mean, in my opinion, when I listen to the other album there, there's a totally different kind of sound mm-hmm. overall um, that, that those songs, you know, um, needed. And I feel like these songs needed something a little bit di- like a different treatment. Um, so yeah, totally. You can, I think you can hear the two different um, influences by, from the producers as well. Going away from uh, Darling Fire for a second, how'd the uh, cassette with Friend Club come about for the Rocking Horse album? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, So Rob reached out and asked if he could release that. And we were like, sure, you know, you you have to get in touch with EVR, though, because we didn't have we don't own that album Mm -hmm. still. So so um, he did have to reach out to EVR. And it was a cool little thing where um, we had some contact with them again to get that cassette made. And um, it was really fun to just because we never had that before. Yeah. We never that that album actually never came out on vinyl or cassette. Yeah. Um, hopefully one day on vinyl, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun to work with. Rob was awesome to work with, and um, yeah, it came out awesome. It was really cool to see it all come together. We actually, um, I think he actually reached out to the original artist as well, Rinzen. That's who did the original uh, artwork for the album. So he was able to reach out to him and put that all together and um, make a really cool little package. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a fun little cassette. So. I, bought, I bought one as soon as he announced cool, it. Cool, so. cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun <laughs> to have. Who worked on the uh, album for or the artwork for this album? Um, so that was Man Alive Creative. Okay. And we basically, and also uh, Moon Crystallite is the, um, I, that's her um instagram actually but she we reached out to the artist that did the um f- the photographer who did uh who provided the photographs for the album as well um we wanted something like we wanted a sort of a certain vibe for the mm-hmm. album and um yeah the we're really happy with the way the artwork came out um and in fact the i guess i'll give this away um the polaroid <laughs> is actually of me when i was a kid so the Polaroid that you're seeing with some of the singles mm-hmm. that have come out, um, that is actually an actual Polaroid of mine that I've had for a while that uh, my mom took of me. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, um, yeah, so that's an actual Polaroid from my that, childhood. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that, yeah. So, but yeah, we're really happy with the artwork. Um, Tom did a great job with that. And um, and uh, we were able to use some, you know, handwriting pieces as well of the lyrics and everything. So you'll see when that all comes together. Um, I think just pieces have been released at this point for the most part. Yeah. yeah. You guys just did a string of dates with Anthony Green. How are those? We did. Yeah, that was so fun. Um, it was awesome uh, to meet him for the first time and everything. Um, he's kind of been around for the whole time that we had with uh, rocking horse and stuff like that um so yeah it was really cool to meet him and uh we had a great time with his audience you know we didn't know how we'd be perceived because we were completely different sonically from him yeah um but <laughs> but they they seemed to enjoy it you know the the contrast um 
and uh yeah he's he's an awesome guy he's super nice um and friendly in person and everything so um yeah and his audience loves him they're dedicated definitely so there was a lot of sing-along happening and uh just really uh engaging audience the whole time guys are uh flame furnace fest you guys had to drop out last year uh what's the rest of this year look like for you yeah so for right now um we have a, an album release show that we just announced a little while ago actually which is going to be on the 17th of september um and that's in uh, the orlando area and then after that it's you know furnace fest we have a pre-show uh then we have furnace fest and then after that it's um we have another local show um in Bradenton Florida with some friends and then it's fest and a show with uh, Nathan Gray actually after that and the Iron Roses so um and that's pretty much for now what I can announce we might have something else in November and possibly the end of the year um and then we have some things in the works for next year as well well we actually uh tomorrow we're actually uh filming a video for awesome. one of the singles. I don't want to say which one yet because it's not going to be announced for a little while, but um, we're going to be filming a video. So it should be a lot of fun to spend the day with a, a videographer that's really that does awesome work. Um, and yeah, I can't really reveal anything yet, but it's going to be it's going to be good, I think. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, that's what I was going to ask you about. I was going to ask you about the singles and the process of choosing the singles. I, that is like so much work these days and like the strategy in releasing singles and the importance of like, I mean, people, sometimes people release the whole record on single before it comes out. And <laughs> like, how has that process been like for you guys? Are you working with Casey or is it just like, these are the ones you want to introduce in order? Yeah. As a band, we had a discussion about which songs we felt should come out in a certain order. Um, you know, uh, Machina and Clean Hands were two of like our earlier the earlier set of songs that we wrote Mm -hmm. and then um you know rituals and amber um are two of the newest newest songs that we wrote for the album um so we kind of had a discussion about how we wanted you know what we felt would be a good introduction to the new sound that we were going for and um which order we should kind of go and then we presented to casey and he agreed and that's really you know was it was a bit of a discussion over time you know to figure that out but um, I think we were on the same page as far as that goes. Nice, nice. There's about a month till the record comes out now. Are there yeah. more singles on the way or just like this is enough of a taste? <laughs> no, there's actually one more that will be revealed soon before the album comes out. And then after that, the rest will be revealed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is so, that- um, yeah, we do have one more to to present before the album actually comes out. Awesome. Is that a, a different way of thinking about this than when you were doing Rocking Horse or even from the first record? I don't think you guys dropped as many singles. Yeah, totally. That was uh, Casey's idea, actually, to to reveal more singles. And I do agree. There are some bands that 
um, re- release albums solely on single and mm-hmm. then like a full length will come out later. So um, yeah, it's just a new way of doing things, I guess yeah. that people are used to um, <laughs> and it kind of keeps things going until the album, rather than having such a long waiting period before, yeah. you know, the album comes out. So, and we're happy to re- to release it. I mean, it's for us, once we record and we're done with it, it's like torture to wait to get get it out there, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys embraced the social media side of music? Like there's so much where people spend so much time on TikTok or Instagram reels or whatever. Like, is that something you guys have embraced or is it still just like listen to the record? (laughs) Yeah. No, we have both, obviously. Yeah. No, we have played the social media game. I mean, we don't, we haven't gotten involved in TikTok and like much of the live Instagram live yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been, we've been told or suggested to do so, <laughs> but we haven't gotten involved with that quite yet. Uh, maybe one day, you know, um, but we definitely do use our Instagram the most and Facebook as well. Um, and it's a good way to connect with people, you know, and yeah. keep them engaged. Um because, you know, there's so much information constantly in your face. So, um, you know, just to let them know we're still alive and we're still doing things. You know? Yeah. 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 TikTok is so interesting because I know so many people use it for music and I'm like, really? Everything is so short. But then I'm yeah. just like, I don't know. Is that a thing from our scene that like, are people like us going to TikTok? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I don't personally. I don't really, unless somebody sends me a TikTok, right. you know, a humorous <laughs> one or something every once in a while, like a, you know, a musical one. But um, yeah, like I don't, I, I don't think I have it. I might have a TikTok account from when it first came out or something, but, <laughs> yeah. but I don't really go to it on a regular basis. So. Yeah. And it's like bite size, you know, information. So. Right. Right. There have been so many instances recently where I'll hear a single and I'll be like, I'm not into that. And then I'll hear the album yeah. and I'll be like, no, I'm actually really into that. Don't don't get stop giving me one song at a time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's yeah. that's the world now. So, yeah, just, I mean, it's, you know, some people want to like somebody just commented on one of our things today. Like they don't want to listen to the singles until the album comes out because mm. they don't want to be like tortured with just a single here yeah. and a single there. They want to wait and get the whole experience. And honestly, I mean, when we put the album together and the order mm-hmm. of the album, we we a lot of thought went into that as well. Like what kind of experience the listener is going to have. Yeah. You know, some of the songs bleed into each other. There's a longer break between others. And we did that intentionally, you know, so um, there's something to be said about like the actual experience of listening to the album. And there's also something about the digital version versus the vinyl version. You know, there's a difference yeah. sonically in that and like. You know, you're listening in your car. That's different from listening on your record player at home and right. drinking, you know, wine or something yeah. <laughs> or scotch or whatever. You know, it's total. There's there's a different experience between the two as well. You know, so it's yeah. per, it's people's preferences, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how much like as cassettes have like risen, like the act of like listening to a cassette, like something about it is very cathartic, and it's just like. I don't know. It's weird. Even if it doesn't sound great, I'm just like, no, the whole like push the button and hear things click and go like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like as a kid, I mean, I listened to cassettes. That's what I had. I had Mm. like uh, Siamese Dream on cassette. I had, you know, Nirvana's first album on cassette. Like there's a charm to that. 
Yeah. You know, and there was a charm to making mixtapes and hitting play and record at the same time. Yeah. And recording the radio and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, there's the definite like charm and, and something, at least for our generations, that like, you know, we gravitate toward that. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know, how clear the signal is now. We still may want to hear that like analog or that like old sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, so. the drag and drop on Spotify just doesn't have the same feel. <laughs> Thanks to Jolie for taking the time to chat about the new album and the band. Now let's talk about distortions. I first heard Jolie Lindholm on Dashboard Confessionals Swiss Army Romance. From there, I quickly became a fan of the Rocking Horse winner. When Lindholm returned with husband and fellow Rocking Horse band member Geronimo Gomez with The Darling Fire, I was sold before a single piece of music was recorded. The band has returned with their sophomore release, Distortions, an album that builds upon dark celebrations while shedding its emo skin to embrace a heavier sound. The Darling Fire have delivered a beautifully dark record that rides the line between post-hardcore, shoegaze, and space rock while maintaining something unique and original to the band. It feels like the band lowered their tuning and traded their boss distortion pedals for a big muff and lots of reverb. Jolie's vocals are given space and atmosphere with reverb and are not as upfront in the mix. It gives the vocal an airy quality that feels connected to the shoegaze classics. Maybe where I noticed the biggest difference from the band is in drummer Steve Kleisside. Steve's been on some of my favorite hardcore and emo records of all time and is one of the most technically intricate drummers in the scene. And you can hear Steve's proficiency at work, but by and large, this is some of the least intricate drumming I've ever heard from him. But on the flip side, it also feels like the heaviest and hardest drumming performance he's delivered in his career. In simplifying riffs and technicality, the band captures a rawness and emotion in the music that wasn't present in Dark Celebration. The urgency on songs like Clean Hands make you lean in to hear what Lindholm wants to communicate. But within the urgency and the driving songs are points of beauty on Amber, a combination of keys, clean guitars, and Lindholm vocals break through the crunching guitar riffs to create this layer that complements and contrasts the heaviness happening in the rest of the instrumentation. Hers continues the contrasting dynamic vibe, a headphone song as you'll want to hear and pick apart each layer happening. The way the guitars play off each other, a heavy and light tone, help bridge the beauty amidst the chaos. Which is maybe the point of distortions. In the midst of COVID-19 lockdowns and precautions, chaos and uncertainty reign supreme. But so many of us were able to find joy and create new rhythms and habits, and what was some of the darkest and most uncertain moments we'll ever experience, we were able to break free from the everyday monotony and come to a place of rebirth. The track that hit me the hardest was Rituals. Without looking at the lyrics, the music and Lindholm's vocals alone created such a dynamic emotional response in me. Lindholm sings, this place is a monument to my broken soul, connected and vulnerable, revealing every sin, confess my lies. The beautiful thing about music is once it's out in the world, we, the listeners, can hear and take those lyrics 
to heart in very personal ways that may or may not line up with the writer's original intent or meaning. These lyrics really struck a personal chord with me. The band saves their heaviest offering for the album's closer. It's a strong statement piece that goes from absolutely brutal to close in a spacey loop and encompasses both sides of distortions. That heavy chaos of life, but the beauty you take with you in the end. Distortions is a great return for the Darling Fire. With the huge shift sonically, the band benefits from it. The music carries the emotional weight while giving space for Lindholm's voice to soar. This is an album of the year contender, for sure. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never thought-